When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Don't call it a comeback. I've been here for years. Celtic stuff live. Welcome to Celtic Stuff Live on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for the Boston Celtics. Before we even talk about tonight's show or today's show, I'm going to tell you that the next time we come on, it's going to be the playoffs. We'll have one game in the books from next weekend, and this is our final regular season show. The Celtics sitting at 54 wins with two normally, what I would say, easier uh, competition on the docket and feeling pretty good about 56 wins, but I think they're going to rest them and get them ready for the postseason, get that bench some run, give those guys some minutes. And uh, as you know, by now it's been well debated and well discussed. Kyrie Irving not going to be available for the postseason. And you got to think too, John, that that means that Gordon Hayward, even if there was a shot that he could play, and even if the Celtics push a little bit deeper, that maybe they're just going to go ahead and, and let that one ride anyway. Everybody's going to say, I told you so. Oh, wow, that's great news. But, I mean, you know, you and I have been talking about him coming back and holding out hope. And, you know, I think if there was a healthy Kyrie, there still was a shot that he might put up a few in, later in the postseason. But I think even if they make it that far this season, they're not going to gamble. Dude, the moment that they, that they announced that, or I don't know if they announced, but one of the, I don't know, it might have been Abby Chin, you know, said on Twitter that, <laughs> that Gordon Hayward's dog had ACL surgery. I mean, I think once that happened, it wasn't just Hayward, I think it was that we had reached a point of no return for the Celtics playoff injury. There was nothing that really mattered at that point anymore. And then Yabu, of course, now Yabu Selly was was held out of Sunday's game against the Heat, or excuse me, against the Hawks due to a knee. They're going to do an MRI. I mean, look, <laughs> keep him as far away from this team as possible. It's like when guys have the flu and they send them home. They're almost at that point where it's like, look. We'd really like you to come back and play, but we feel like something catastrophic might happen to any one of us coming up here. So just stay home. Like, just stay away from the team. Don't let anything else happen. Keep going through your rehab, but just don't get near us because obviously we are like poison right now. They really are. They're, they're the most jinxed team. And what's crazy is you get younger because you're hoping that you don't have to play through these kinds of maladies. We know the season's a long season. We know it's 82 games. But 
only Al Horford's the real, I mean, really over 30. I guess Baines is over 32. But um, but for the most part, this is an extremely young squad, and yet the number of games missed due to injury is really ludicrous. Some of them really funky, like all of Marcus Smart's injuries this season. Um and then you look at Jalen Brown and the Al Horford concussions and you, you know, look at the, the weird way that Gordon Hayward landed. Like these are not your typical, I, they're not wear and tear injuries. Now Kyrie's is a wear and tear injury to some extent when you consider the fact that it's related to a previous surgery. So maybe that one is the one asterisk like, Hey, this is a known on a younger player potentially. And it sounds like this procedure is going to really eliminate the long-term concerns with this. That's fantastic news heading into next season and knowing that uh, there's going to be a contract year for Kyrie coming up where the Celtics are going to have some difficult decisions there. But if they can feel 100% confident that the injuries um, in the past, then, hey, you know, you're going to sign them. You're going to sign them for long and big money. But with that aside, everybody else's injury is just freakish and bizarre. It's, to your point, you know, it's worse than the flu. It's more like being possessed by <laughs> demons. <laughs> right. Yeah. DNP. <laughs> I mean, I mean yeah. <laughs> needed exorcism. I mean, that's, that's kind of where we're at. I mean, it's just, what do you, I just laughed at my phone. And I was, I got, I, I got the, you know, the message from my, it might have been Steeple Pet. And I'm like, this is, I was just laughing. Yabu is my boy. You know, all this good stuff that Yabu's done. And I'm like, this is, of course, of course Yabu would be hurt and, you know, miss the last two games. We actually could have an opportunity and the playoffs and he, he could be a part of this. And instead, you know, of course, of course, this is the way it goes. But, you know, I think that this is a team we all knew as, you know, this is, they're going to get as much as they can out of this. There's going to be a lot of valuable um, experiences, and and there's going to be a real amount that guys like Jalen Brown and Tatum are going to be able to put in the back of their minds when they are called to do more next year and the year after and the year after. So it's really going to be a valuable experience that once they're put in these situations here coming up, uh, in the next couple of years, they're going to be able to, to to come back from that when the stakes are going to be higher. Because I don't think any of us think they're going to get to the conference finals at this point. I don't think any of us think they're going to get to the finals at this point. But to be able to be in that playoff experience, uh, be able to experience, to have that around you, understand the gravity of every possession, every opportunity that you have, I think that's going to be great for those guys. But let's be honest, it's all about next year at this point. They're going to do the best they can here in, in April and early May. And then we're going to get everybody healthy and, and run it back next year with, once Kyrie Irving's back with a healthy knee and Gordon Hayward's back with a healthy ankle and, you know, Kawhi Leonard. Oh, <laughs> slipping it right in there. I like that. I was just going to say all these young rookies, you know, and second year players and third year players are all rising to the occasion and getting a lot of experience so that, you know, next season, that depth concern that you had for this year would certainly be alleviated. And instead, you just went and traded all of our picks and all of our young players. You know, you're going to sing a totally different tune if it's Tatum and then we've got another injury guy on our squad that can't stay healthy. That's my one thing here is we've already got the omen. I just don't think you, uh, you know, you, you don't go tempting fate or playing with the devil with the Kyrie, tra- I mean, the Kawhi trade. I would love him, but what did he play? Like six games, eight games this year? Like, 
Nine. Dude. He played nine. Oh, he but... played nine. But you get what I'm saying. Like, at that point, you're just like, all right, we got three great players, and now we don't have any of the young players, and somehow those three players can't stay healthy. And remember, we've had this discussion about that previous big three that you and I kind of grew up on with Celtics Stuff Live, you know, KG, Paul, and Ray. And, and even you can throw a little Rondo in there at some point along that line. And so – we went through that, and it was impossible for them to pay those salaries, round out the bench. They were handcuffed to a certain extent. And on top of that, they had to deal with injuries. I mean, Rondo's arm bending backwards is just freakish, kind of like, you know, Gordon Hayward this season. But KG, I mean, this the the, the injuries and the wear and tear on his body was real. That was a real struggle. And even when he came back and you see him in these years with the Nets and with the Timberwolves, there was, there was, you know, there, there was something missing there. And, uh, he wasn't the guy we had in 08. And even then he fought back in 10, but he really started to tail off after that. Um, and Paul, I think was probably the one player that the entire time he was in green was surviving it, but it was, it's always a concern, you know, it's always a concern. And so there's a part of me that's like, even though those three players are so young, we could still be battling with a Blake Griffin like scenario with when any one of those guys year after year after year. I, yeah, I, I think it's a little bit different. Uh, the difference between the 08 crew and this crew in that just in the age. I mean, you've got Kyrie Irving coming here at 25, now 26 years old. Kawhi's 26. Gordon Hayward's going to be 28. I mean, it, it's, it's a younger core. I mean, remember Ray Allen was just on the, just, just this side of 32. Uh, so there was, there's a very different dynamic, I think, in terms of the age that they're coming but in does here. Does anybody even really know what's going on with Kawhi? I mean, I'm with you on that. And right. I kind of right. noted that at the beginning of that, making that comparison was that they're a younger crew, but, but you go yeah. trade for a guy that nobody can figure out why he only played nine games, you know, even though I thought it was eight. You trade for a guy who nobody can figure out why he played nine games. I, again, I just think you're, it's like the flu. You know what I mean? You don't, yeah. you don't double down and, and, and go hang out with everybody who has the cold when you have the flu. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, well, I think what, I, I hear what you're saying. I think that's more of a karmic issue maybe though than, than anything we can ascribe to, you know, regular science and math and things, but you're right. I mean, there is a, there is that aspect to it. I think the other piece though is, I'm not saying everybody else is going to get the injury bug from Kawhi. Well, I'm saying that you are putting all your eggs in the Kawhi basket because of what it's going to take to trade for him. I don't and then think you so. could still wind up having an issue with injuries. So you think he's going to come with the cheap? I, I don't. Well, I think relatively cheap. And I say, when I say Jaylen why Brown is it cheap? That, uh, like you're telling me, I'm going to have to lose my guy, right? You're After he sets a career high thirty-two points, I'm going to lose my guy. You're losing your guy. No, you're losing not doing it here. Not you're losing it. the 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 the, uh, the king's pick, but you're getting back a top three MVP candidate. Not doing it. I know Paul Flannery wants to do it. I've seen all the articles out there. It. Everybody's like, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. I'm telling you, I'm not in. But no... I wouldn't do. It. I wouldn't do it with Tatum in that package, but I would do it with Brown. Now I'm and gonna smack you. Now I'm just gonna smack you because I know, I know. Oh, you're, it's all positional. Don't even. It has no. nothing to do with positional lines up. It has everything to do with the fact that you love Tatum and you think he's better than Brown. He, he is. Yes, you're right. And uh, so, <laughs> no. I mean, it's it's. I think in terms of fit, I think what what Tatum does would fit better next to uh, Kawhi and and in that mix. But but I think the issue is. 
I think part of the problem, the problem that the Spurs are going to face is that Kawhi can be a free agent next summer, just like, you know, Kyrie can. And if that happens, you know, what does that do to his market? I mean, obviously he's sat out the whole season. So there's going to have to be a whole lot of back channel stuff here about like why he's healthy, why you should give us the full amount, why this it should be different for you than it is for us. Um, it's, it's a weird situation. You know, there's stuff about why, you know, he, he hasn't played because he's trying to get a better shoe contract from Jordan brand. There are some, a lot of shades here of the Kyrie situation. There was a lot of stuff about Kyrie's dad and Kyrie's dad doesn't like the situation in Cleveland. And it, you know, became a, an issue between Kyrie and, and how he was being sunned effectively by LeBron. But Kyrie still I think the same played. Thing's going wrong For the in, most in, part, he still played. Right, I mean, oh, he demanded absolutely. to leave, yeah. but he yeah. still played. That's where absolutely. that's where I'm super no, questionable know. on the shades of Kawhi. And and real quick, a reminder to all of our listeners: you can follow Celtic Stuff Live on Twitter at CSL underscore Tweet Live. You can follow me at CSL underscore Justin. John is at CSL underscore Duke, and the entire CLNS Media Network is at CLNS Media. Facebook.com slash CLNS fans, and don't forget to download the CLNS Media app for iOS and Android. Simply search CLNS Media in your app marketplace. And finally, the YouTube channel. You can find snippets of us. You can find high-definition, full-length locker room interviews. You've got the Garden Report. You've got the Roundtable. So much content on that YouTube channel. Make sure you check it out. And I'm sure there will be lots of Kawhi talk because, first off, it's a tongue twister, dude. Kyrie and Kawhi, that's going to flub me up so much. On next year's show, like it's just, it's, it's, it wouldn't even work out for me, but I'm going to be super angry if they trade Jalen Brown. I, I, especially from the way he lit it up from beyond the arc, it's, it's his improvement scale combined with his enormous athleticism. I mean, it's got that fadeaway that he's starting to work now. He's knocking down three pointers. Uh, that was something that nobody thought he could do a year and a half ago, right? They were like, no, you know, his shooting is horrible in college and, you know, the odds that he'll become a good shooter in the NBA. And he, he's still a little out of control every once in a while, and there's still some things. But defensively, I mean, he's right up there um, with some of the best. And, and we've already heard other players around the league claim that. So just as his intelligence grows, his experience grows – and he, if he keeps going on this trajectory with offense, you know, I really want to see him next year. And if he goes and gets traded and he lights it up with the Spurs in year three, and we've got a Kawhi who doesn't play and then goes to contract, my head's going to explode. <laughs> it could happen. It could happen. I mean, look, first of all, we got we to agree that he's going to get traded. I don't, I don't, you know, I think there's a lot of doubt about that. A lot of people look and say, look, it's the Spurs. This doesn't happen with the Spurs. They'll work it out. But uh, something we, you don't just sit out all but nine games of a season if everything's hunky dory and things are going to work out. You know, it, it, you know, the, the players themselves, many of them are very angry with him, feeling like he's leaving them, you know, kind of leave him in the lurch and, and leave him on the side. That's a, there's that aspect to it. And then on the other end, like you said, you've got this, this rising star who's really seemingly making all the right moves, improving wildly. If he weren't standing next to Jason Tatum, he would be, you know, I think the apple of everybody's eye here in Boston. And 
Meanwhile, he's kind of in the shadows, to be honest with you. I really think, you know, Jalen does well, but it's he doesn't star in the same way that Tatum does. He doesn't have that pretty jump shot. He doesn't have these gliding, you know, James Worthy-like finishes to the hoop with these, you know, go-go gadget, Mr. Inspector Gadget arms. I mean, those are very visible, obvious things that you see. Now the playmaking, the playmaking that Tatum's doing kind of with the ball as a point guard. I mean, I, you know, I like what Jalen's done and I'm not a hater by any stretch, but, but it's hard for Tate. What I'm saying is I'm not trying to take down Brown, but I'm really what I'm saying is he is, he's, it's hard for him to shine in this environment next to a guy who, whose gifts are so obvious and so um, pleasing to the eye. And it's a tough, it's a tough He's spot smooth. for him. He's absolutely smooth, but, but Jalen does have that out of the gym athleticism. And, and I look at them as a package deal and I always have, it's just, I want to see those two become the future of the franchise. The only concern I really have is that those rookie deals eventually end. And then, you know, who knows how much they're going to want on the market and how hard is it going to be for the Celtics to keep them when they've got money committed to the Horfords, et cetera. And sometimes trade is your best way out of that. You consolidate, you bring in the talent, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, honestly, I'd rather wait until next, you know, into next season some more and let a Brown grow. And then if you're really going to trade, Make a trade for somebody like Davis. That's That, to me, is an impact in the lineup more than Kawhi. And, and I'm not trying to down Kawhi, and I know everything that he gives. I just mean from the standpoint of, you know, this is a league that caters to guards. So what, Kyrie, or what Kawhi would give you, it might be easier to find that if you're, if you're getting the same kind of dominant presence at another position where the guy's got range he can rebound he can defend i'd I'd rather gamble the dice on some of these guys now i know that Kawhi is presumably in this debate coming at a much lesser cost but if he does come at a lesser cost you still got contract issues as you try to sign other guys that are rising and uh you know a Kyrie, um davis and uh, uh gordon hayward rotation it's still more exciting and more tantalizing to me and more balanced because you've got the one, the five, and then you got the wing. And then you just put in complimentary pieces, uh, in between. I know that's, if you had to pick, you know, do you pick the, the 610, 611 guy who can, who can really be your small ball five or your four, or, you know, in, in a, a number of different situations? You know, would you rather have that guy who is an MVP candidate, or do you have the six eight guy who is arguably the best defensive player in the league, who's an MVP candidate? I mean, it's you're really. I mean, <laughs> can you go wrong? <laughs> you know, I don't know if you, maybe you can. Maybe you would prefer the the big guy over the other, given what you already have. But again, it's it's not a Sophie's choice, but it's you, you, it's it's a good choice to have. You know, this is a team. As as good as this team is right now, we're banking on development. We're banking on things that don't currently exist. Now, health is maybe a bit as another variable in all this. It's one that we should have been able to bank on. It's one that we should have been able to bank on a lot better than we have. That's well, yeah, absolutely, and that's and and that's why I guess you're you're right. You're what you what you buy in having more flexibility financially you're giving up in the fact that you don't have a sure thing in young players. 
But if they can overextend themselves beyond that contract value, which Brown surely already is, which Tatum surely already is, does that make up for having an MVP candidate who can lock down LeBron James? Or, you know, Kevin Durant? Or, now we've seen, we've seen Brown be able to do both those things on a limited scale. We haven't seen him done it, do it over a seven game series. There may be an opportunity for him to do that That's here. That's kind of my point though, we'll is, is that he has the opportunity to grow into what Kawhi was. And remember, Kawhi wasn't a, a high draft pick. Nobody thought he was going to become that. And a lot of it's work ethic and it's the things that Brown has. And, and you cannot deny the fact that again, that trajectory where Brown just shows continuous improvement. So you have to think that as long as he, as long as that continues and he heads into year three, and it's also about opportunity as well. You know, he's a complimentary piece, and so he's focused on defense, and yet his offensive game has improved dramatically since last season, mm-hmm. and he's going to continue to get those minutes. But, but but my point is this, with Davis being the guy that you're more likely to give up, is I just think it's harder to find the Anthony Davis piece, right? I think to the point about Kawhi, yes, is he way better than Brown? Of course he is. When he's playing, 100%. You know, him not playing versus Brown playing, you know, that that's obvious too. So, you know, I just don't understand or don't know, and we won't know if the Kawhi thing is kind of a long-term deal. But Davis but, comes with an injury history too. So you don't yeah. avoid injuries altogether, and I understand that. I'm just saying no. the big man and the big man talent, it's harder to come by in this league. And right. and that's the reason why I'd give up more pieces for somebody like Davis versus gambling on a Kawhi when you may have somebody that's Kawhi light and yet you retain the the depth of the roster when you just might need it. But I think that's I think that's the issue to me is that the Kawhi light versus actually having Kawhi right, and you got to pay for that. Kawhi is going to be a guy who's going to be extended. At max money next summer, and it's gonna, it's not gonna be for the faint of heart. It's not gonna be the, the super max if he's traded, but it's gonna be a, a big time deal that on the par of what uh, Kyrie's gonna get. So you're gonna be devoting some serious money there, but the, the issue to me, the league, it's very easy to be a pretty good player. I say easy as somebody who's 6'2 and can't, can't get rim anymore, but, but, you know, the difference between the really to the good to the really great is far. You know, you can you can change games with the difference of having that one guy who has that gravity to him. And I don't think what that's what Jalen's got to do. Jalen has now gone from somebody who you weren't sure wasn't even going to contribute, maybe just as a as a live body, probably you know, eighteen months ago, to now. He's going to have to carry some offensive role. He's been able to do these 32-point games. He has that within him. Does he have the ability to be a consistent offensive performer that the team can rely on? I'm just talking the 15, 16, 17-point range. If he can be that guy, good. But he, but can he get to the 25-point range? That you know that kind of mid 20s where this is a star player. You build your offense around him, and he's going to hold the guy on the other end. That's where he has the potential for. But can he get there? And that's where Kawhi is. And if he can get there, then he's in that MVP territory. But we're not quite there yet. I, I, but to go to your earlier it's point, so early, you're point, though, you're absolutely right. Though. Well, it is early, but that's but the Celtics are in, are, they're in they're in a position where they can win an NBA championship next year. 
can you wait and hope that that you're going to get that from Jalen Brown? You know, can you wait for that, or can you get the guy that is buying low on the market? Anthony Davis may never come to market. He may never, that may never be a possibility for the Boston Celtics, but Kawhi is there. Do you wait for the burden, you know, get the burden hand or you wait for the two in the bush? There's, you know, it's not an, it may not be. You wait because Davis is healthy and we don't know what Kawhi's future is other than even if he's healthy, it's a big contract suck next off season. That's my, that's my thought on it. And, and I, I I'm with you. He's still young and you feel like you can buy low and, you know, get a big payoff and whatnot. But I'm telling you, if he doesn't resign next summer or he doesn't play next year, that's a huge gamble. And it could be extremely frustrating for the franchise after they've put all this together. And what if Kyrie suffers setbacks while that's all going on next year? Keep in mind, and this will be the end of this part of the conversation. You know, we'll be into the postseason. We'll have lots of time to talk about the Kawhi thing. But just keep in mind that to date, and it will be true again this year, the Celtics have improved their win total under every single season with Brad Stevens. The players continue to improve. It's very rare we see players take a step back in his uh, under his tutelage, especially some of these younger guys. He's always, always gotten more out of the roster year after year. At some point, we'll, we'll hit a leveling off. At 54 wins sitting today with a, with a potential for 56 and a likely 55, the last thing you want to do is start taking steps backward, you know, because you took away some of these youth and the young assets that this team has. And, and the other thing is, is they need some of those future picks to continue doing things like they're doing now to round out the roster when they are paying big salaries. So to mortgage some of the youth now and mortgage some of that roster upside potential flexibility for the future is also could be handcuffing them on some contracts that might not return on value depending on health. So Going to tell you about our newest sponsor, Simple Contacts. If you wear contacts and you know how annoying it is to have to get a prescription year after year, just to be able to buy more contacts it used to drive me nuts. I would go online to buy contacts, and they're like, "Hey, where's your prescription?" Well, if I got to go in to the store or go into the eye doctor and get a new prescription just to buy more contacts, why am I going to do it online? Well. Simple Context is changing all of that by using technology to make renewing your prescription and buying contacts super, well, simple. And here's how it works. Using your phone or your computer, and I've done this already. I got mine literally today in the mail. Really quick process, very easy process. Using your phone or computer, you take the Simple Context vision test. That's the key right there. In five minutes, literally from anywhere, and then a real doctor will review your test in 24 hours. You get your new prescription and boom, a fresh supply of brand new lenses on the way right to your door. You don't have to go in and make the annoying appointment when you know your prescription hasn't changed. You can verify that your prescription hasn't changed by taking the simple eye test. You don't have to be in the waiting rooms. You don't have to pay too much. The prices at Simple Contacts are absolutely fantastic and they bring the doctor's office to you wherever 
wherever you are, whenever you need it. And if you're like me, I travel all the time for work. I'm very rarely home. And even if I schedule a doctor's appointment with the eye doctor, my chances of making that appointment with the schedule changes that I face every day is very low. So this was just an amazing experience for me. Simple Contacts offers every brand of lenses. Their prices are unbeatable. Some prescriptions start at just $20, and the lenses are super competitive. Shipping is free, and you're going to get $30 off your first Simple Contacts order. All you have to do is go to simplecontacts.com slash CLNS, or just go enter the code CLNS at checkout. I just want to mention, though, that this isn't a replacement for your periodic full eye health exam. You still need those occasionally, but it is the most convenient way to renew a prescription and reorder your contacts if your vision hasn't changed, just like we talked about at the beginning. And again, check out at Simple Con- check out Simple Contacts. Get $30 off by going to simplecontacts.com slash CLNS or just enter CLNS at the checkout in the special code section. Give it a try. You will thank me later. So, John, as we talk about uh, our vision, what's our vision for the postseason? Is Jabari Bird going to get some minutes in this first round? Because I certainly think he's earned it. Boy, his athleticism is way better than advertised. And he's a hustler. And you know us Boston boys. We all love guys who hustle. Well, it's kind of interesting there. Uh, in, in the game against the Hawks, you know, you had Mike. Mike was kind of singing praises, singing his praises during the game and uh, the first half. And then they came back from break and, and Mike said, well, you know, we found out that uh, – that actually he can't play in the playoffs. So, you know, there was kind of some dialing it back and Scal's like, yeah, that's right. You can't do that. You know, basically what it comes down to, the songs have to cut oh, somebody. Did I miss that? Let, let him do it. Oh, they yeah. have to cut somebody for him to play in the playoffs. Right. So okay. I then resigned to a new deal. All right. Goodbye, so, later. Well, you know, the, the impression was left during the game is there's no way that they pro, that's very unlikely that this is going to happen, that, that he's going to play. It's almost like, no, 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 it's not going to happen. I'll tell you, as a fan watching it, it's insane that they would keep Nader over Jabari Bird. Insane. It is insane, insane, insane. I mean, it just, it makes no sense. It's so this clear the, and obvious. Uh, the way, I mean, you even almost have to look at that Jonathan, uh, who's the guy? Um, Gibson. Gibson. You almost have to look at Gibson over Nader in a way. Just Absolutely. the way he came in his first game and knocked down three three pointers. Like he was just like, yeah, I've been here before. And that's the problem. Nader's a little slow of foot. Has a little trouble turning the corner. Can't keep his man in front of him not to turn the corner. And we've seen it all along. We said it at the beginning of the year. People were like, I think Nader's going to get a lot of run this season. I said, I don't think so. And it's not that I don't like Nader. I actually kind of like him. But it just was one of those clear and obvious things when he gets out on the floor. He's just not somebody who's going to make, like, even minimal impacts – 
you know, that are really strong, right? Like infrequent impacts that really make a difference. He's not that guy. He might be kind of a, a steady guy. I'm trying to think of, there's been like, you know, the Brandon Hunters of the world, you know what I mean? That have kind of come in every once in a while and give you a few steady minutes, but they never hang on to the roster. What you want for that position or that spot, you want a guy who's going to come in like Gibson did or somebody like Jabari Bird has. They're making statements when they're out on the floor. And can they do that against, you know, others, like starting elite? Probably not. You know, I'm not trying to say that Jabari Bird's all of a sudden going to earn his way into the into the starting lineup or anything, but if you can come in off the bench with energy and make an impact, you're the guy. And nine times out of ten, Nader's not able to accomplish that. That's right. He, whether it's defensively, whether it's offensively, you know, he has shown last year when he was rookie of the year in the D League. And even before that in the summer league, he showed a, a real capacity to be able to fill in the little spots, make things work. And I thought there was some real hope that he would be able to translate that. But every time he's gotten a call at the big level in the Boston, at the Boston, uh, level and, and basically playing up with the, the big leagues here this season, he just has not been able to show, never mind consistently, but even flashes of being able to, to play on that level. He's, you know, kind of the prototypical 4A guy. You know, you see that all the time in baseball where they're, they're, uh, they're okay. They look great at the AAA level, but they're just not good enough for the pros. And it feels like Nader right now is in that spot. He's got to find a way to get up to the, either shoot better or something. Cause right now it's just not working for him. He's such Bird a Chinese, he's guy. such a Chinese league candidate. That's really where, you know, he can go and dominate in a league like that and make some cash. You know, that's really mm-hmm. – and and honestly, the only reason guys like Nader hang on in the league is because they're holding out hopes for the NBA run because of the affiliation with the club. But, it, it, you know, if I'm Nader's agent, I'm saying, let's take it overseas, buddy. Let's go make you some money. You're healthy. You're playing at a really good level just below NBA action. Let's go make some coin. Yeah, not here. More importantly, not here right now because it's just not happening. And you know, it's I I think Bird, whether it's his ability to run the baseline, whatever it is, he's got that he's got that Avery Bradley area down. There, he's just he's going back door. He's he's attacking almost a Tony Allen way too, kind of you know attacking the glass and attacking in that kind of way. I just love what I see from that guy. He's just he's a live wire. Um, you know, he had kind of a tough year with the back injury. Uh, didn't really kind of star the way I thought he might uh, up here, up in Maine. But what he in summer league, he looked great. Preseason, he looked great. Uh, I think, I think, it, you know, it kind of does throw things off a little bit for the Celtics. But it makes a lot of sense. Let Nader go, bring Bird in. He just fills the need that they that they have, and Nader just has not been able to. To show well, and it's just and they need guard play. That's the other thing. They're thin at the guard. Bird's got that athleticism. He's an explosive athlete. He finishes great around the rim, and that's really we haven't really seen him take a lot of shots. And I don't. I think that's probably where his shortcoming is. He plays solid defense, and he's a total athlete. But you know, to shoot threes and some of that in today's modern NBA game, that's where he just isn't quite going to wind up making a big statement on the NBA level. But that's, again, 
where we come back. That's why you thought a guy like Nader was going to hang on because you thought he was going to shoot the lights out from beyond the arc, which he had been doing in the D League and was known for, and yet he really hasn't shot anything like exceptional from beyond the arc at all. And his first few stints, it wasn't very good. So then you're thinking, all right, we need guards in the postseason. We need athletes. We need guys who can run. We need guys who can be explosive in spot minutes coming off the bench. And that's exactly – Bird's like a perfect perennial bench player, like a Walter McCarty-style guy for the modern-day – you know, Celtics, you know, I know Walter was more of a three-point shooter. It wasn't the athleticism that dominated, but you get my point. Kind of knew his role, stayed right in that slot, contributed for a long time. I could see a guy like Jabari Bird doing that, especially if he can just figure out how to knock down some open threes when called upon, right? Because he's getting ignored. It's how he's slipping baseline for Greg Monroe to find him with a nifty pass. It's how he's going up when most guys in the NBA don't on that offensive rebound, right below the the you know corner of the backboard all of those kinds of plays show his explosive athleticism and he can finish around the rim and that's fantastic and i think you know those those cutters we really haven't seen a lot of that cutting since Avery Bradley was a younger player. It even went away in Avery Bradley's later stages with the team. But I love watching that baseline cut. And uh, it's great to see it back. And it's a nice it's a nice camaraderie that he and Monroe have developed that, you know, could continue to be a trick in the postseason here and there for the bench play. Yeah, no, I, I and that's absolutely true. And whether it's defensively being a live wire, being, you know, using his length. And he seems to have, he seems to mesh pretty well with these guys. You know, they like him, dude. They yeah, would they, never give him, they'd never give him those many opportunities in the offense if they didn't like him. You just made probably the most important point on this argument. I, yeah. I, you know, and, and it's, it's, <laughs> I don't know what it is, but it does seem like when they pass to Nader, it almost feels like they want to like put their hands back out and pull the ball back sometimes. You know, there's a real reticence to, to move the ball out there. So to him, and I can't say I doubt him. I, I doubt that, that decision, you know, it's like, how do you get to a point where you can now, um, you know, trust him? I, I feel like there's just not, there's a lot of trust with this guy who feels like just showed up yesterday. Whereas right now, I don't think they have that trust in Nader. And, you know, you read the comments of, of Brad Stevens, you know, look, I don't have anything to do with that. He's saying, you know, you know, but I know he's, he's looking good out there. To me, that's as much of an endorsement as you're going to get from Brad Stevens that Jabari Bird needs to be on my roster. He can't say, I want Nader gone. But I'll I'll say I think that Nader should be but gone. It, I do so, I do too. But, but I don't even. There. But Brad would never even think about it that way. Brad would look at it as what's my playoff roster like? What do I need? Holy moly! Do I need some guard play? I need some ball handlers. I need some that he needs Bird. He doesn't need another wing. Not in the postseason. Even Brown can slide over if they need to get more wings, right? I mean, they don't need it. They need guards. They're not going to have Marcus Smart. They're not going to have Kyrie Irving at the very beginning. And, and, you know, 
they're going to have Terry Rozier. And already they're gimmicky with the ball handling. I mean, even Monroe. How many times this week did Greg Monroe bring the ball up across half court? And yeah. and I love it because, you know, from the minute we signed him, I was a fan. And right. I loved his triple-double night this week. I loved how he was working with Bird. You know, there was, there was just a ton of fun in watching Monroe. And I think he's even found his love for the game again. I mean, I think that was one of the questions with the guy was, is he really committed to the game of basketball? But he's, he, you know, this there's something infectious about this Celtics roster. I just thought he would do well in it, and especially with Tice out, now he's getting lots of opportunities to show his stuff. He's perfect in his role on the bench, and if he's smart, he'll stay here instead of using it to leverage another contract somewhere else because this is this is a perfect fit for him. This could be his career role. Well, it's, I, I think it speaks to the, the point guard depth right now, right? And, and the fact that you lose Kyrie, you lose Smart, now you're down to Rozier and Larkin. And of course, both had been Rozier with the ankle and then Larkin in the hospital a week ago, uh, with the flu. Not a good thing. <laughs> Not a good thing at all. Um, you know, so both of those guys coming back to full strength, you're going to see that a lot less. And you're right. I mean, Monroe has looked good. Moose has has done what Moose does. Uh, He's playing the Horford Moose. role. I mean, it's just that Princeton yeah. style well, yeah. offense, and yeah. so there's a lot of continuity in having him in that position when you're moving from the starting lineup to the the bench unit. Uh, yeah, I think so, and I think then you know it, it's it's great to see Rozier kind of standing up. Um, you know, he, he because he's not a playmaker; uh, he's a scorer. In that role, and by having Moose in there uh, and Horford, you have two bigs who you can rely upon to move the ball around a little bit more in high post situations. And Tatum, to your point earlier, sure, sure. But I, but I guess by going back to the Rozier thing, Rozier is becoming a star. Rozier, Rozier is looking. You know, KD says he's a star. You know, he's a starter. He should be starter quality point guard in the league. Somebody's going to want to break the bank for him. And I think that's why I kind of look at this summer as, a, as the time perhaps to move him because you, you trade him when his, his value is at its highest. He's on a rookie contract. You've He's got a be lot the of starter in the postseason. If he lights he it up, you're absolutely, absolutely correct about that, but it's a tough loss. And, uh, oh, yeah. you know, to, to develop him to that point and then move him. But you know, if you want to trade for a guy like Kawhi, and you want to move a piece like Rozier, that's a different conversation for me than the Jalen Brown one because I do feel like Rozier is going to want the opportunity to be a starter. And presumably he's earned it. We'll definitely know if he carries this Celtics team to the second or even the second round or the finals, Eastern Conference finals, if he's able to do that and contribute like he has in the past in the postseason, but on a greater level and a more consistent basis, night in and night out, he absolutely will have earned the, um, earned the, uh, opportunity to be a starting guard. And it, he'll never get that here. That's never going to happen here. Whereas Brown has earned the starting role and it's there. Um, you trade for a guy like Kawhi and things get a little bunched up and maybe Brown's not the starter, but even in a bench role, it would still be okay. Or maybe, you know, you, you can do a lot of nifty things with the way you decide to, to roll out that lineup anyway. Um, so with that in mind, you know, Rozier to your point would be a guy I would move, but it just wouldn't be enough, even with the picks. Mm-hmm. No, no, I think, 
<laughs> the picks, Rozier and Brown, I think is the only way. And even then, there's some question whether you'd have to have Horford in there because I don't know if you can make make the deal work. Maybe you re-sign, you know, there's a way you can re-sign Smart and include him in the deal and give him a bigger extension, but then the max of that could be three years. So, I mean, there's there's a lot of issues that, that come with trying to make a deal work with San Antonio and trying to make the money work. But there's probably a way to do it with – with Brown and Rosier at the head of it. But again, I know we talked about why those there's issues with that. Um, but going back to the, this, you know, kind of bench issue, it's interesting to see what this team can do with their bench unit, you know, and Moose being, you know, you saw some, some, you know, Baines, Baines and Horford kind of starting the game, obviously. And then they went to a two big lineup, which I think is kind of interesting with Monroe and Horford. I don't know if it will work. You know, with the way the game is nowadays, but it's, it's a more traditional lineup, but there's ball Absolutely. movement and one guy shoots a three and the other one gobbles up rebounds and it could work in the postseason. So let's say let we only have like one minute left, but, but what just to close this one out, let's say you do a starting lineup of Horford and Monroe. You've obviously got Rozier, so is it as simple as Jalen Brown and Tatum in that lineup, or do you want somebody like Mook in there? Oh, I'd rather Mook in there. I think Mook Mook is um, Mook is invaluable right now. I don't like the way he stops the ball. I don't like the so way you that, rotate Tatum to the two but, and Mook at the three, and then you go Horford and 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 Monroe. No, I think I, no, no, I, I think, I think you, you keep Horford Baines, um, well, geez, you're right. Yeah. No, you gotta have Horford and Monroe, so you got playmaking, a little bit of shooting there, but, you know, you, and you've got Terry, but it's almost like you wanna, you almost wanna go with Morris and Tatum and let Tatum kinda try to play the two somehow. Just for all that spacing to play off. It's true. No, you're right, because yeah, if you go too big, then, you know, but then you, you get Larkin in there. I guess Larkin would be your point guard in that situation. That yeah, that would work. I think that that's a that's a fine lineup right there. You know, I think that gets it done. And um, it's just the question of whether or not Morris, you know, should be out there as a starter. But you know what? That that's all the time we have. We've got to wrap the show. I will say I'm excited, even knowing we've got lots yep. of bad news and not our two best players. I'm still very excited to see what happens in the postseason. I'm a big fan of watching young players play and develop. I love Terry Rozier and his opportunity to do it on a big stage has really got me salivating. Plus, there's always Brown and Tatum and then uh, a whole cast of young guys, Ojale, et cetera, et cetera. It's going to be a ton of fun. So next week, we're talking playoff basketball. That's going to do it. The broadcast will be available on demand on the CLNS Media mobile app and don't forget to follow us on Twitter at CSL underscore Justin and at CSL underscore Duke. A heartfelt thank you to everybody for tuning in and remember that you can help support the show by subscribing to Celtic Stuff Live on iTunes and Stitcher. We'd love it if you gave us a rating and a review because your feedback is important to the show and for staff writer Samuel Elias, executive producer Larry H. Russell, the founder of CLNS Media, Nick Gelso, and my co-host John Duke, I'm Justin Poole and thank you for listening to this week's edition of Celtic Stuff Live. Celtic stuff live.